Merry Christmas. Welcome to Morning Matters at 10. My name is Paul Myrant. Welcome to the show today. I say Merry Christmas, not to, to disregard or disrespect other religions or cultures, but to honor the birth of the most important man in the history of the world, the greatest man in history. There is no one like Jesus. Of every great religious leader, none of them live up to who Jesus was. It is said of him, Jesus had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degree, yet they called him teacher. He had no medicines, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He did not live in a castle, yet they called him lord. He ruled no nations, yet they called him king. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. Lyle C. Rowlings. Now, I realize that Christmas, December 25th, may not be the actual birthday of Jesus. People have different opinions about that. December 25th may not be the day that actually Jesus was born. Uh, there are many things. I know the Christmas tree and other symbols may come from a pagan history. But I would say to you that they are a distraction, and they're not relative. Paul, the apostle, said, in Romans chapter 14, he says, One man esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. The resurrection is a special day we celebrate each year, but every day we can celebrate the resurrection. We can celebrate the birth of Jesus today, or we can celebrate it every day. The point is not what day you celebrate it on. What matters, what really matters is that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's the key thing, that Jesus is here. We celebrate his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. We celebrate them each, each day, each, every day. But today we want to celebrate specifically his birth. And I want to read a couple passages in the Bible that talk about really who Jesus is so that we understand the importance of the man that we serve and why he's different from other religions. This comes from the book of John, chapter 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now, just a quick question. How many beings is he talking about? He said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. With someone, that means there's two. There's two beings that share the nature of God. Because it says, and the, it said, And the Word was God. That means he was equal with God. He was in the beginning with God. Before there was a beginning, there was the word. It says, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. Everything in the universe that came into existence was made through him. Not made through any other source, but through God, through Jesus himself. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Sometimes it seems like it has, but it's not. The light is here. The things we celebrate today, even with all the struggles in the world, the light is still here shining. The true light, he is the true light, which gives light to everyone who comes into the world. Jesus was of Jewish descent, but he didn't come just for the Jews. He came for all humanity, for every human being. He calls all men to himself. He says he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Many of the Jews rejected him. But to all who did receive him, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The creator of the world who made everything that there is, made every human being, became a human being. He joined his eternal deity spirit with the human spirit in the virgin birth. And he became the word incarnate. He became flesh. He lived as we lived without sin. This is a special man. There's no one like him. No religion claims that. No one would say anything of that depth or that and that strength. And none, none would have the things to back it up, the miracles, the things that Jesus did, the prophecies about him, the hundreds of them that came true. These things demonstrate that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Acts 17, which is what our ministry is named after. Acts 17. Sorry. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in temples built by hands. He, you know, you can go visit him at church. You can see him in the mosque. You can see him in the tabernacle or the, wherever it is, you know, the synagogue. You can go there. And God may be there and he will be there at times, but it's not where he dwells. He dwells. He lives in space all around us. He's not served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives all Mankind, life and breath and everything. Everything that we have, every good thing comes from the Father above. It comes from Jesus and the Father. And he made from one man every nation of man to live on the face of the earth. He determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. From one man he made every nation of men. There's one human race. As we come to the end of this age, understand there's one human race. And everything will be brought together in one man, Jesus of Nazareth. They determine the exact places where they should live. God knows who you are, where you are, and what the purpose he has for your life. All of these things he knows. He did this so that we'd seek God and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he's not far from every, any one of us. He's here. He's nearby. And I would encourage you today, if you don't know who Jesus is, that you just ask a simple question. Jesus would you show me who you are? Would you open my eyes of my heart to see and know you? For in him we live and move and have our being. We literally exist in, the, in God himself. We can't understand it. It's way beyond our comprehension. But matter came into being. We're material. We have a soul, of course, but our bodies are material. We came into being. We came into being in the, the spirit of God, within God. In him we live and move and have our being, for we are indeed his offspring. Being there God's offspring, we ought not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. In the past God has overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all men to repent, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice, and he has given proof of this by raising this man from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the greatest, easily most attested fact in history. We know Jesus rose from the dead. I'm not going to go into it today. But he rose from the dead, and it's proof to us that he is the creator. And God will judge through him one day. But he doesn't want to judge. Right now he wants to bring repentance. 
I spent many years as a senior pastor in Southern California, and I did a lot of Christmases. And of course, I grew up in the church, and I did a lot of Christmases. I'm seven, almost 70. I've been doing Christmases for 69 years. And I, I sometimes I get, you know, maybe not bored, but just, you know, uh, too familiar with the, with the regular story. And we can kind of forget how important it is. And one Sunday, as I was, as I was going through this process of getting ready for uh, for for Christmas, Christmas message, I was sort of complaining to the Lord. And uh, he gave me, he gave me this story. I literally just sat down and wrote it. It took me about 45 minutes and I wrote this out. And I, I want to read it to you today. I hope that it blesses you. I want to tell you a Christmas story, a short yet long kind of story, a story from long ago. Now, it's not the story you're thinking of that happened so long ago. No, this story took place a long, long, long time ago. We walked on the moon and watched from afar. We flew here and there and drove in a car. We spoke through a wire and floated in space. But this story happened in a much different place. Remember the times in the ages of man? The kings and priests all ruling their clans. Kingdoms do come and kingdoms do go. Evil and good always in a row. Adolf and Stalin, who wanted it all, the Crusades' dark ages and the Romans' great fall. One stood alone, a real game changer, the birth of a babe in a hidden cold manger. Before Daniel slept with the lions at night and Nebuchadnezzar ate grass, what a sight. Before David was king and Samuel conceived and the one called Abraham chose to believe. Before men built a tower and Noah a great zoo, before Cain took from Abel the life he was due. Before Eve gave Adam the fruit of the tree, the story began in the heart of these three. Before they created the first man and Eve, the great dinosaurs and fish in the sea. Before there was life growing up without weeds, the trees and bushes and plants with their seeds. Before the foundation of the earth had been laid, before the sun and the moon and the stars had been made, before light appeared and the darkness erased, and the backdrop of space stretched into place. Before the covering cherub on the mountain did sing and believe in his heart, he was more than the king. Before the heavenly host sang their songs without strife, all these things, before all these things, there was light, joy, and life. Immeasurable wisdom, abiding deep love, perfect contentment, and peace up above. Here lived a being so great and glorious, his power and might and story before us. Majestic beauty that had never been seen. Love and great wisdom, a glorious scene. This one knew nothing of being alone. No emptiness haunted this blissful throne. Two others stood with him alike in their ways, one in their nature, sharing their days. They lived here together, clothed in pure light, perfect in splendor. Oh, what a sight! Adorned with wisdom and clothed with great power, yet one thing they lacked in this great tower. There was no one to praise them, no one to know, no one forgiveness and love to show. Who could know the strength and the might of the one who made the stars for the night, who made the sun to light the day and mortal men just out of clay? In lighted chambers filled with glory, they decided to bring us into their story. So together they chose to let us know of the might and love that they could show. To be loved and praised and truly known, they would need for us to be shown, not from compulsion, fear or dread, the beauty of the three instead.
So they gave us the right to choose, but this brought sin and life to lose. Pain and grief filled our days with despair. Many cried out, this is not fair. Yet we all chose to turn away. Just doing my thing is what we say. In spite of all the things we've done, they still chose to send the sun. He set aside his robes of light, his perfect peace, his place and rights. He chose instead a manger stall to be birthed and save us from the fall. You would think that those he came to see would welcome him with glee. Instead, we laid for all to see his broken body upon a tree. His hands and feet nailed to his tree. He took it all without a plea. We left him there to bleed and die, hanging alone in his majestic sky. He looked around and he could see faces of those he had brought to be. He gave his life, paid for our crimes, all done in the fullness of his time. Death could not contain the sun. He rose again, the victory won. Seated now in heaven above, he always prays for those he loves. He's coming back not too long now. Every knee will bend and bow. As we look upon the chosen one, this baby boy, the majestic one. We're grateful, Father, for your sacrifice. I want to end this morning. We have a short session. If I can get my guitar here. I'm just going to sing a song for you. And um, I don't know how the sound is going to work on this exactly. I've, I've tried over all week long to, to make this work. I hope it doesn't distort. I hope it just comes through. If not, I'm sorry, but I did the best I could. And I chose this song. felt like the Lord led me to this song. Partly after October 7th and the horrific events of that day and the conflict and the, the anger and hatred and the, the rage that's around the world on really both sides of this story. And I, I'm going to teach it at some point on Israel and who I, how I support them, why I support them. But the point of it isn't that. Jesus came not just, you know, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and we need to pay for, pray for that peace. But that peace requires that other people be at peace as well. So we need to pay for the Palestinians and Hamas and those who have this hatred and bitterness and that there would be a change of heart. But I wrote this because, you know, the Jews have suffered greatly throughout history. Partly their own choices. Made, they've made the wrong choices and they've walked out from underneath God's covering at times. But whatever, God still loves them and he loves them with a great love. And I, I sing this song because as, as I saw the things happen that day, I felt the Holy Spirit say, just pray that I could use that these things would happen to bring my people to me. And I still believe Israel are the people of God. So is the church. <laughs> We're all going to be one in the church. But Israel is a nation God still wants to save. So I just want to sing this really to them and to all of us. And uh, we'll, we'll end with this. Come, oh, come, Emmanuel, 
and ransom captive is that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appears Rejoice, rejoice Emmanuel has come to thee O Israel O come thou rod of Jesse free thine own from Satan's tyranny from depths of hell thy people save And give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to thee, O Israel. Oh, come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease and be thyself our King of Peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to thee, O Israel. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel, shall come to thee, O Israel. Amen, amen, amen. Well, <laughs> I just want to end with this. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I want to say to you that we want peace. We desire peace. Jesus desires peace. But it will require every knee to bow to him, to surrender to him for peace to come. There's no peace without the cross. 
Jesus' death paid for all of our sins. And without coming to that, we're still in our sins. You must come to Jesus. You must repent and trust him. As people do that, peace will come. Jesus is going to come on the earth again. There will be a day of judgment coming, but now he calls to you and says, come unto me, I will give you rest. Come to Jesus today. Turn your life to him. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great week. We'll be here next week at 10 o'clock. Thank you. Have a great day. Have a great Christmas.